Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex Positive Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Michelle Coletti. Thank you for joining me today. This feels really weird. I haven't recorded an episode in, I want to say, several weeks now. And I miss you all so much. I have been having so many amazing interview episodes lately, which I am so excited. I have so many guests lined up that it's kind of hard to now keep a schedule. Uh, (laughs) And once I start generating a decent amount of money off of this podcast, I think I might hire an assistant to schedule all the logistics and and such. But I really miss these one-on-one episodes. They're honestly really raw, really vulnerable, really deep, and kind of a cathartic way for me to vent as someone that honestly, I don't have many close friends. I maybe have one or two people that I confide in and I know that's more than enough, but I really don't feel like there's a ride or die in my friendship circle, someone that I can really trust and rely on, unfortunately. So this is really one of my only outlets and it's really funny. Oh, I apologize, by the way, if you hear a noise in the background, it's because my sister is blasting her music, uh, one of the perks of not living alone anymore. But I used to do these like update video back in the day. I want to say I started when I was uh, 2013, so it was maybe 18, 19. And each month I would just record an update. And I really miss doing those because I would look back and kind of see how far I've come or recurring patterns in and throughout my life. And I realized that this podcast is kind of similar. Although I will honestly say I rarely, if ever, listen to my own episodes. I've maybe listened to five. And for me, I really used to hate the sound of my own voice. I still do from being completely upfront. Um, So it's been kind of an exposure like therapy for me hearing myself. And I'd like to think I've grown as a podcaster, as a host, as a person in the last year since I've been doing the podcast. I know the show has for sure grown. Um, We're at over 10,000 listeners, which is really exciting. And in the next year, my hope is to get to over 20,000 and to start generating some cash flow. And uh, some of you know, I'll just a little bit of housekeeping. I do offer coaching and counseling services. A little bit about me, if this is your first time. Um, I hold a master's degree in clinical psych. I'm going for my doctorate in counseling or forensic psych. And I am a spiritual teacher and student, yoga instructor, Reiki healer. Um, I hate to call myself a life coach because I feel like that's so mainstream and means absolutely nothing nowadays, but I'm always here for y'all. I'm a listening ear and I tend to give decent advice, although I need to start taking my own advice, but I really like the direction the show is going. And with all that said, I would love to hear from you more. Uh, If you enjoy an episode or you have a question or you resonate with something, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm an extremely friendly person, despite the fact I have crippling social anxiety and um, tend to be shy. I can be. It depends who I'm around. I'm extremely sensitive, uh, very sensitive to energies, and it could be really hard to go out due to this, Um, due to being an empath, an HSP, an introvert. I love, like, I am a total hermit. (laughs) I could not leave my house for, like, five years, and I would totally be fine. 
Although I love going outside in nature and being with animals, but not with humans so much. So I would love to know what you'd like to hear more of. Um, and something someone asked me, why is it called the sex positive podcast when you talk more than just about sex? Well, I don't know. It's like, (laughs) I just felt like calling it that because we do talk about sex, but in a sex positive frame. And we talk about so much more than sex. We talk about um, mental health, physical health, spirituality is really huge for me. I'm extremely spiritual and connected to um, the other side and the universe or whatever you want to call it. And um, I feel like they all just seriously encompass and connect with one another, your your miserable health, your mental health and your physical and sexual and spiritual health all coincide. And they're all equally valuable, equally important. Although as a society, I live in the United States, we tend to just kind of put physical health up on a pedestal and mental and for sure sexual health come last. So it's kind of sad. So I figured I would just share my experience. Many of you know, a lot of my listeners are sexual assault survivors. I myself am a domestic violence survivor and rape survivor. And I like to talk about it from that perspective because I feel like a lot of modern day sexologists or sex coaches or sex experts, whatever you want to call them, um, they give helpful advice that might be sex positive, but not from a trauma informed, trauma focused lens, which is the main uh, theme for my show. So, yes, I am a sexual health educator and I use the word sex positive because I'm really trying my best to be inclusive. I am a queer person. I consider myself to be part of the LGBTQIA plus community, and I'm doing my best to learn and not offend anyone, although it's extremely hard, but I try to be mindful because for me personally, it takes a shit ton to offend me. I am very easygoing. I am hardly ever offended. So anything people say or don't say or like cancel PC culture, um, it really tends to not bother me, but I know that it does bother some people because it could be invalidating. So I'm doing my best, but I'm always still learning. And please feel free to kindly correct me. Always be respectful. Don't be an asshole. I really get frustrated when I see people on the internet. Like you can't say anything without being attacked nowadays. Even your best intentions, people will just like verbally assault you and it's just really frustrating because you get nowhere when you do that it's just not compassionate and we all need a little bit more understanding and non-judgment in our lives so really the purpose of this episode is just kind of to hear myself talk now um I just wanted to do an update and tell you where I've been what I've been up to not really talk about one thing in particular But life feels very strange for me right now. I can honestly say I am close to 30. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing with my life. And this time has been, there's been an immense amount of pressure I've put on myself, I will say, um, because that we are our own worst critic and we can't control how other people treat us, but we can always control how we treat ourselves. And I find the um, critical negative limiting beliefs in my head just like kind of on a megaphone telling me like I am falling so behind which I talk a lot about on my solo episodes I feel like I just feel behind 
you know, especially with social media, you see these 18 year old millionaires, these like 21 year old influencers making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And I'm just like, bro, I am 27 years old. I've been working my fucking ass off ever since ever. (laughs) Um, And I still feel like I'm in the same place. And it's really frustrating because I feel like I am doing everything that society would tell me is right. You know, I have a full-time job. I went to school, got the degree. I'm doing what I can. And I still feel what the word just just popped up for me was a failure. I feel like a letdown and I feel like a disappointment, not just to my family or whatever you want to call it, but to myself. I have all these goals and dreams and aspirations and I feel like I have achieved some of them, but it still feels, my life still feels hollow and empty. And I think that shallowness like that I feel inside of me is because it's the next best thing syndrome. Like we think that the degree, we think the relationship will make us happy. And I have to tell you y'all, like it's been a year since I met Nick exactly almost a year ago today and the way I manifested him was actually super cool and I made an episode on that but landing the quote-unquote right relationship meeting your quote-unquote dream or soulmate person it's not all easy peasy lemon squeezy from there all out it's not like you do the inner work to meet and manifest your person then you have this amazing partnership and it's happily ever after. That is a fallacy. That's a false belief. I have to tell you, this relationship has been one of the most difficult, challenging relationships of my entire life. And I can say that a thousand percent as someone that's been in horrific, traumatic relationships. I'm talking extremely violent relationships where I've almost lost my life. Relationships that sent me into the psych hospital because of how emotionally violated I was, physically violated, sexually, whatever. And in some ways, it was almost easier. And I say that with hesitation because I hate hearing those words come out of my mouth, but when we engage abusive people or entertain toxic partners or patterns it's almost easier because it's like that feels like home it feels comfortable it feels familiar even though it could be torture it's like we don't really have to do any growth ourselves or it's a limited it has a cap because when we're in those situations it's i want to say 95 percent of the time a victim mentality it's like For me, at least, I can only speak for myself, but I was like focusing so hard on changing the other person or thinking if I just got hotter, then this person would stop abusing me. Just like stupid shit, you know, that my ego was conjuring to stay in denial. But that's exactly what it was, denial. And now that I'm with someone, and I will say, I think this is a transitional relationship more than anything else, but... Now that I'm with someone that checks all those boxes, I still feel unfulfilled and I still feel confused because it's so hard. And I'm almost getting emotional here, but 
it's so hard because it quite literally goes against everything I've been told. That once you meet the right person, it just works. And love, it should be simple. I say this, but it's not easy. You know, when you don't have to worry about your partner cheating on you, you don't have to worry about your partner putting hands on you, you don't have to worry about your boyfriend or girlfriend raping you, which was a majority of my mental space when I was in those relationships. It's like I have to really focus on myself. And that inner work is so scary because I don't I don't know if this relationship is the quote unquote one. I truly know Nick is a soulmate for me, but I have my doubts and my questions and my fears. But whether or not that's true, if this relationship's gonna last another day or an eternity, he is a perfect mirror for me. And I know this was divinely orchestrated as all relationships are. He is an exact reflection of my wounds, which is just universal law. We will attract people and gravitate towards people that either challenge those beliefs or are a replica of our beliefs. And oftentimes it's a mix of both. So what are we going to do? Are we going to project those insecurities onto that person or are we going to hold ourselves accountable? Because the former is a lot, it feels a lot better, right? And I'll talk about a couple things here. For me, one big lesson of this relationship is communication. I don't think you could ever be the perfect communicator. I think there could always be work on communication, right? For me, this has been extremely difficult as a survivor, especially of verbal abuse. And this month marks the month I met my abusive ex. This month also marks the month I met Nick, so it's an interesting month. But with Domestic Violence Awareness Month in mind, verbal abuse is its hell. And if you take anything from this episode, I want to first say believe survivors and know that not all scars are physical. I always said I would rather my boyfriend beat the shit out of me than verbally abuse me. Of course, not to the point where I'm put in the hospital and have a debilitating injury, which has happened to me before, by the way, I will say. Um, But at least with those physical wounds, right? You know that was done to you. And it's kind of in some sort of sick way, validation that you are being abused. Whereas verbal and mental abuse, nobody else can see it. You can't even see it. You just feel it. You know something's off. But oftentimes when we are in a narcissistic abuse relationship or whatnot, dating a sociopath, we have so much guilt and blame on ourselves and we are being so gaslit that we think it's all perpetrated from within. And those scars can take a while to heal. Physical scars have the ability to heal. Sometimes those emotional, psychological wounds stay with us for a lifetime. Those things people said about us when we were in elementary school and we're 30 years old now and we still push people away because we feel nobody could ever really love us. And finding my voice and learning how to healthfully communicate has been a 
grand old theme of this relationship. Another one has been intimacy blocks and intimacy issues, thinking that love and sex don't go together or they're intricately connected, right? If someone loves me, then I can't have good sex with them or I can only have sex with people and then I become obsessed with them. That's something I talked about with Dr. Holly Richmond on a couple episodes ago, a really good episode to check out, by the way. She's a psychosomatic therapist. And we talked about that, the linkage of love and pain. When our bodies have been used against us, I don't see sex as a loving act. I see it as a, uh, it's transactional. It's something I give in order to have someone be attracted to me or stay with me or love me, but I don't see it as a loving act. So that's been really hard. And another thing, so many things have been hard, but these are just a couple (laughs) themes is the relationship between feeling bored when you're in a healthy relationship and on the opposite, feeling lust and excitement and passion in a toxic or unhealthy relationship. Familiarity can often be exciting and unfamiliarity can oftentimes, that stability generally can be seen as the spark is missing or something's wrong or I have to do X, Y, and Z to fix this. And that's where I remind you, my friends, to chase the slow burn and not the spark. Sometimes you just have to be comfortable with things being okay the way they are. Someone that loves us, someone that's kind to us, not someone that will intermittently reinforce us, someone that ghosts us one day, then wants us the next day. That really sends our uh, brain chemicals. It goes haywire and that is an addictive cycle. Those are addictive patterns of relationship. Now, someone that's not dysfunctional will not really cause that reaction. And if you have lived with trauma, generally interpersonal trauma throughout the duration of your life, if that's what you've been exposed to, it could feel like something's wrong. And I know that's been true for me, especially not only have I dated people that were abusive, but I grew up in a house where there was abuse going on. So that has been like a mind fuck. (laughs) So many things too. Like I could just go on and on and I don't want to focus on what's quote unquote wrong in my relationship. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just highlighting the areas where I see this as a opportunity for personal growth and transformation because I know that I will not leave this relationship the same person I entered this relationship as. And if anything, Nick has at least taught me that I'm capable of being loved. He's teaching me how to receive love. And he's also teaching me that I have the ability to be in a healthier relationship. And sometimes, honestly, I I question, am I not ready for that yet? Like I said, it could often be easier to go back to what we know than things that make us uncomfortable that challenge our perspective, challenge our past. Because sometimes history repeating itself, it feels affirming. And then when a wrench kind of gets put in that, it can feel like your whole world's being flipped upside down. 
And going back to other things, I've kind of been having this sort of identity crisis as well. Maybe I'll make an entire episode on the quarter life crisis, even though I'm not 25 years old anymore, but I really feel like I'm at a pivotal point where I have to figure out what I want to do. I work a nine to five job. I'm in the social service, human service field, whatever you want to call it. And I'm just really not happy. Like, I feel like I'm definitely not doing what I'm put on this earth to do. If anything, I feel like I was put on this earth to be a beacon of hope and healing with my writing. I've always loved writing. I've written three books, working on my fourth one. I really feel like the reason I was put on this earth was to speak that message and share my story to help other people open up and speak their truths and hopefully leave before it's quote unquote too late like I did, even though I believe that entire situation happened for a reason, but I don't feel like I'm doing what I was meant to be doing. And that's the saddest part for me is that I work a nine to five job to get paid to live not, I don't even want to say a good quality of life, but to just kind of get by. And I'm so tired of just getting by. Like, I want work that's passionate. I want work that's fulfilling and meaningful to me, that I feel I'm making an impact and a positive difference in the world. And I'm just not getting that. So I'm really working on manifestation, manifesting deservingness and self-worth because I know that those are the two biggest blocks when we don't feel deserving of what we want, when we don't feel worthy or capable of having it, that's what we'll see back. The universe gives us what we believe is possible for us. And I've been doing EMDR and through EMDR therapy, I've been learning some of those negative beliefs, such as I can't trust myself. I don't deserve to be happy. Nobody could ever really love me. Love ends in pain. Everyone rejects me. I'm unimportant. See, these core beliefs will quite literally like create the path for our lives. And we'll see these things popping up and up and up and up again. And I'm working to unpack that, to debunk those myths I've been lying and telling myself because they appeared true at some point in time, but they do not have to be your truth. Our life is like a book. And at any point, I believe we can pick up the pen and rewrite the pages, rewrite our story, close that old chapter, put that metaphorical chapter of our lives on the shelf and start over with a new beginning. So that's kind of what I've been working on. (laughs) This year has been rough, you know, COVID and everything aside, uh, this year has really been testy and I really enjoy the expanded to be magnetic podcast and they talk about the universe testing us. And part of me believes that my current relationship is a test where I'm learning to speak up and where I'm learning to challenge those limiting beliefs. And I'm kind of relearning how to love all over again because I don't think I was ever loved properly. I was never demonstrated how to love and most of us weren't, right? I have a very uh, insecure, (laughs) avoidant attachment style and I'm really working towards a healthy... um, attachment style, a secure 
But I got to say, I'm so jealous of those people that have it naturally because they were born into a privilege of having a mom and a dad or two moms, two dads, whatever, and having that modeled for them. That was never modeled for me. And I've also recently learned about myself. I do not, in fact, have bipolar disorder. And I don't know if I want to say any more because at one point, that diagnosis really felt true for me. I met all the criteria of bipolar 2, um, hypomania, and depressive episodes. But at the same time, I was also on like 10 different medications. I was experiencing uh, sexual abuse quite frequently. I also had post-traumatic stress disorder, an eating disorder, social anxiety, like the whole gamut. But now what I really resonate with is borderline personality disorder. And it's been kind of new adjusting to that quote unquote label. And I do want to reiterate here that oftentimes when we are with the right person, it will bring out the best in us. It's not to say it won't have any challenges. Our wounds will be highlighted because none of us are perfect and it will show us where the work needs to be done, but being with a volatile, tumultuous partner, being with the wrong person can really bring out the worst in us. And there was a quote I I heard the other day that said, I loved you at your worst while you brought out the worst in me. And I think sometimes we kind of self-martyr and we become like a masochist because we feel like We have to love someone at their worst because that's what love is. That's what I learned. I learned when you love someone, they treat you like shit and you just put up with it because you love them. Nick is teaching me to unlearn this. (laughs) But I really want to stop you in your tracks if you believe that. That, yes, we can love someone, but we always have to love ourselves more. Love cannot exist. True love without boundaries. And oftentimes, if we had a parental figure that did not display or demonstrate healthy boundaries, we don't even know what boundaries are. And there's so many different kinds of boundaries, but choose yourself. Sometimes it's just not the right time. And just because someone's not capable of showing up for you or loving you, it doesn't mean you are not lovable. It does not mean that. Other people's abilities to love us or treat us right is not a reflection of our own value. It's been a really hard lesson for me to learn. And even the last couple of weeks, I went back to teaching yoga. And that's a whole nother monster in itself. I love yoga. um, But I also have to work with people who may or may not, um, I may, may or may not have the best history with. I have a hard time standing up for myself. And it's been teaching me that I really have to speak up for myself because if you don't advocate for yourself nobody will and it's not that we draw toxic people to us it's just that we allow them in our lives we allow them to violate our boundaries and then they keep taking advantage of us but it will be quite remarkable when you lose so many people in your life when people stand down when you start really embodying and reclaiming your own inner power So I just wanted to say that all of that is so true. I've been asking myself, what would someone that knew their worth do when I'm in a sticky situation? I feel small. I feel 
unseen. I feel like my voice is invisible or I should just suck it up and forget it, let it go, just move on. I'm a very forgiving person and this is a blessing and a curse, but I will pause and ask myself, what would someone that knows their worth do or say here? What would my higher self, the person I'm working to become, what would they do in this situation? And I just pause and let myself think or I journal it out. And it's all about small steps, small steps to get where we want to go or to who we want to be. We don't have to quote unquote heal and do a total 180 overnight. Recovery is not linear. It's a journey. It's a process and it's okay to not feel amazing while you're healing, right? We have this vision of healing that, oh, once I'm quote unquote healed or once I'm woke or enlightened, everything will be easy. No, I don't necessarily think things get easier. I just think that you have more tools and coping mechanisms to kind of simplify the process rather. So I will end that there, my loves. Uh, You can follow me on Sex Positive Podcast on Instagram again. I'd love to hear from you. You can check out my personal Instagram, Lauren M. Coletti. You can send me show ideas or just reflections. I'd love to know where you're at in all this good stuff. (laughs) And you can leave a review or rate, hopefully subscribe. Check out some of my previous episodes. Stay tuned for some exciting interviews to come. And I really love you so much, all of you. You all are so incredibly valuable to me. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting the show and for listening to me today. 